This work in progress is released under a Creative Commons license. The following Still Ripples podcast is dedicated to all those living in confusion, who are in pain, and who are searching. He who has ears, let him hear. Greetings and welcome to this week's Silver Pulse Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Greg. So Greg, uh, <clears throat> this week uh, we're going to take a you know little small hiatus out of the book mm-hmm. of Job and we're going to <clears throat> do a short little series uh, that Greg actually recommended. That with all the, the media hype and talk with hot button issues that are out there right now and everybody's discussing them, there's a lot of heated debate. Mm-hmm. Greg and I decided that it's time to give a Christian perspective on this. Uh, we're going to call this Christianity, message of hatred or recognition of the sacred. Yeah. Um, and to Brian's point, you know, I we've seen a lot of different things coming up in the media. Um, we'll get into that a bit farther down the road. But we decided, really and truly, a lot of times these hot button subjects don't take very much to get flared up. I mean, Same. whether it's a a slight hint that you're one way or the other, or um, <clears throat> politics, or any little thing like that would just flare it up, and people are going at each other. I mean, even friends that have yeah. been friends for a while, just because they have a different view, are now, well, no longer friends, really. Well, I mean, and it's not just, you know, extremes. It's <laughs> even churches are being split up because of these issues. Yeah. And that's something that we really wanted to uh, don't really know exactly how long this series is going to run. It, like Brian said, we're taking a little bit of a hiatus because we feel that this is a very important subject. Um, a couple of things that we're going to cover in this first podcast is A, we're going to look into uh, what is sin. Uh, I know we've kind of covered that on and off, but we want to bring that up, reiterate what we said, and kind of re-solidify um, what sin is. Uh, yeah. So first off, we have a basis of, uh, I guess you'd say, right and wrong, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, we're going to get a biblical view on what sin is. We're going to look at it in accordance to the New and Old Testament, not just one. Uh, we're going to look at different approaches towards sin, you know, how God approached sin in the Old Testament, how he pro- approaches it in the New Testament time. And the other thing that we're going to be covering in this podcast today is we're also going to look at how Jesus approached and conversed with those who were living in sin. Um, that's one of those things that we've kind of fallen into the the uh, idea that we have to convict people. We have to let them see our side and ultimately make them see our side. And we're going to go into detail of how Christ did it. He didn't go about it that way. Um, but like I said, that's later on in the podcast. So uh, let's go ahead and dive right in. Brian, what is sin? Well, first of all, let's look at sin in the Old Testament. <clears throat> the word that is most often used, or the prime root word, is pronounced uh, kata, which basically means, uh, and this is coming out of uh, Strong's uh, 
concise dictionary words of the Greek Testament uh, and the Hebrew Bible. <clears throat> it means to miss, to sin, to forfeit, lack, expiate, uh, repent, uh, in reference to uh, sinning, to repent, lead astray, condemn, <clears throat> bear the blame, cleanse, commit uh, sin, by fault, harm he hath done, loss, miss, make offend, offer for sin, purge, purify, make reconciliation, trespass. <clears throat> it's also defined in uh, the Herbert Linkston Theological Word Book of the Old Testament as to miss, miss the way, sin, incur guilt, forfeit, and then in reference to it, purify from uncleansiness. Okay, this root word, uh, kata, as ac actually appears four, uh, 580 times in the Old Testament, and thus it's the principal word for sin. The basic meaning that we're going to get out of this in the Old Testament is to miss a mark or a way. Yeah. Um, another kind of general definition of sin is sin is any deliberate action, attitude, or thought that goes against God. Um, when it comes to sin... A, a lot of times we think of really big, obvious, horrible things. Oh yeah, you've talked about like murder yeah. and uh, adultery, stealing, and stuff they, like that. Yeah. Things, things of that nature. But the reality of it is, sin is anything that goes against the uh, laws set forth by God, uh, the principles, what He stands for. So. In that, even something as simple as a little white lie is still a sin. Yeah. And oh, I was going to say, and something that needs to be understood is <clears throat> God didn't just choose these things or whatever. These, these are uh, in reference to sin. You know, God is righteous. He is holy. He is pure. That is His nature. He doesn't just select what is good because that, that is to say that there's something that exists outside of God. No. God is good. These go against his nature and thus these are wrong. Yeah. And, you know, the Bible is very specific when it comes to the nature of sin. Sin is not something that is to be uh, gawked at, something that should be uh, entertained or uh, really uh, accepted truth of the matter is, um, in the book of Psalms, uh, chapter 51, verse 5, it says, I was sinful at birth, filled with sin from the time my mother conceived me. You know, it, sin in and of itself is in every person. We all have sin. And that's uh, even in Romans 3.23, it says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So when you take the idea, and not really necessarily the idea, but when you take sin and you look at it on a global scale, you know, and not just here at home, the laws that we have here in America. If if the law says it's okay, it's okay. It's no longer wrong. Then you miss the mark of what sin really is. Just because the state or the nation says that something is okay doesn't mean that it's okay. Exactly. So we can kind of gauge that uh, sin has, you know, sin is going against God. Uh, to further this, uh, lamentation, lamentations of five seven actually expresses: "Our fathers sinned and are no more." It is 
we who have bore their iniquities. But sin also can occur between individuals. Like, I can sin against Greg or Greg against me. We actually see this confirmed in Genesis 29. Uh, here's a verse that expresses it. Uh, then Abimelech called Abraham and said, What have you done to us? And how have I sinned against you? And you have brought on me and on my kingdom a great sin. You have done these things that ought not to be done. So you can actually sin against another person. And when you sin against another person, you're you're actually committing two sins. You're sinning against that person, and you're mm -hmm. sinning against God as well. Mm -hmm. And Paul in the New Testament even uh, pointed out that what may be right and just for one may cause your fellow brother to stumble. So you're actually saying that I could do something that may not necessarily be wrong in reference to, I guess, between me and God. Mm -hmm. But then, because it would cause another brother to stumble, mm -hmm. it then is a sin. Exactly. And the thing about that, it's about your convictions based on Scripture. Um, one of the most extreme examples that's out there is drinking. Mm -hmm. Okay, Drinking is a very touchy subject. You have those on one side that refuse it and will go to extremes berating others about it. There are others that say, okay, if I have a drink with a meal, that's okay. So when you put these two people together, the person that doesn't see any wrong in having a drink with a meal and the person who does, if you're to have a drink, that's causing your brother to stumble. It's like, wait a second, I, I thought that this was wrong. I thought I wasn't supposed to do this. Same thing if you take an alcoholic, someone who struggled with alcohol for extended period of time, they finally gotten clean, they finally gotten past it, and now you're drinking in front of them, or you're mm -hmm. offering them a drink. It may not be wrong for you to drink. You don't feel that conviction from the Holy Spirit. But that person does. So have a drink at home. Don't have a drink in mixed company. You know, be, be, be thoughtful of it. You know, the Bible tells us that all of our sins are forgiven. Yes, but if your choice makes someone else stumble, that's a sin. Yeah, well, I mean, Scripture teaches that we're supposed to take our thoughts captive. We're supposed mm -hmm. to, I mean, we're, it also shows us that we should be aware of what our actions do. It's There are actions, but other people are affected by them in, right. in, it, in, in, way, in, you know, in other ways. People are watching us, basically. Mm -hmm. So, what is the first occurrence of sin in Scripture? Well, the word sin isn't actually used, but we see what comes about in most people can probably answer this, it's Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. We see this in Genesis 3, the cha uh, yeah, Genesis chapter 3. You know, uh, you know, and another kind of a uh, little side note, one thing about sin is majority of every single sin is a selfish act. Mm -hmm. It's all about us, even when we look at the original sin. Yeah. It's, um, you know, the serpent tempts the woman, how? Do you want to be like God? Which, wanting to be like God is not bad. Mm -hmm. Because we're, we are all described to be more like Him. But she wasn't relying on God. She was relying on her own understanding and everything. She was, trying to, she was basically trying to gain this without God. Right. And when we began to... Well. Yeah, and man did the exact same thing. And when you look at sin, uh, whichever one you choose... It's always selfish. It's 
always about you. It's always about me. It's always about Brian. So it's always about the individual, not about God. And I think, you know, really that's that's one of the undertones of the entire scripture is if you focus on God, if you give everything to God, you're no longer thinking about yourself. Yeah. You're no longer worried about you. God's going to take care of it. I just wanted to kind of throw that in. Well, that's, that's why Christ said the greatest commandment is love the Lord with all your heart and with all your mind and with your heart. Exactly. Okay, the, the first time that the word sin is actually used in Scripture is Genesis 4-7 when God is talking to Cain. This is after he... Uh, it is shortly after, yeah, this is after he killed his brother. He said, if you do well, well or, or right before he killed his brother, if you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not uh, do not do well, sin is encroaching at the door, and its desire is for you, but you must not master it. But Excuse me, but you must master it. This, this goes into whether or not temptation itself is sin. Temptation is not sin. No. Because as, as it says, you know, sin is, is crouching at the door. You know, there's that temptation. Mm -hmm. That temptation to act upon it. Mm -hmm. If you give in to it, it's a sin. Mm -hmm. But if you, as, as the scripture said, if you master it, if you overcome it, if you avoid sin, mm -hmm. temptation is not a sin. And another thing about it, scripture tells us, that uh, Christ, or that we will not be tempted more than we can handle. Exactly. You know, a lot of people uh, say that uh, use that scripture wrong, and they say, you know, God's not going to put more on me than I can handle. Well, the fact of the matter is, we're not going to be tempted yeah. more than we can handle. And the thing about temptation, as you said, it's not wrong to be tempted. Jesus was tempted in the wilderness. Exactly. It's not wrong to be tempted. It's when you entertain that temptation, when you linger in that temptation, when you give in to that temptation. Exactly. That's when it goes from temptation to sin. And I think that's a really big struggle for a lot of people is they think just the very nature of thinking, I want to touch this, I want to do this, is the sin. That's not the sin. No, sins whenever whenever you you've done more than just thought it. You begin to entertain that thought. You begin to lust for it. You begin to desire it. That's when the sin encroaches. Whenever it takes up residence in your thoughts and everything mm -hmm. and in your heart. So, what about the New Testament? Is is there is there some sort of distinction? Is some sort of difference between you know has God changed His designation for sin? In the New Testament than in the Old. Some people would say yes, mm -hmm. well, and actually this is this is wrong, and we're going to show this. Yeah, I was I was just going to say, you know, that is one of the the arguments. A lot of people will say the God of the Old Testament is not the God of the New Testament. So it would it would serve to warrant that. Well, yeah. the definition of sin and the view of sin would have to have changed. Exactly. <clears throat> so the word uh, one of the words most used for sin in the New Testament is armathia, which literally means wrongdoing, being evil, a state of sinfulness, guilt, the moral consequences of sin. It is also uh, to act contrary to the will and law of God, to sin to engage in wrongdoing, and also a... T uh, excuse me. That's it. That's it. Okay. okay. <laughs> I was reading some other notes of mine. But anyway, and this is a uh, uh, these definitions are can be found in the dictionary of, of biblical language with uh, semantic uh, dominions, Greek New Testament, and also the Greek English lexicon of the New Testament. Mm -hmm. So we we can see that both these words in the Old Testament we have uh, 
katha, and in the New Testament, armatheia, which both these words are equivalent and thus present the idea of, you know, a wrong path, of mm -hmm. violating the law of God. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing about sin, sin is a horrible, nasty thing. Yeah. And I, I really, truly, when somebody points sin out in somebody else's life, it's, it's well, you know, the scripture refers to uh, Christ and the truth as light. Mm -hmm. It's shining a light on the ugliness, on the the nasty, horrible undertones. Exactly. Uh, and that's why a lot of times sin is a very, very touchy subject. It's a very uh, there. There are even churches that refuse to preach on sin, which is kind of ridiculous because. How much did Christ himself actually talk about it? I mean, he mm -hmm. talked about hell and sin more than anything. Yeah, and that's, you know, we'll get into that here in a bit, too. But the thing about it, guys, when you look at sin, yeah, it's horrible. But you know what? It exists. Mm -hmm. It's there. You know, some people try to sweep it under the rug. Uh, some people try to uh, explain it away. Some people try to justify it, which that's also another podcast we have. Yeah, look it up. Um, <laughs> but... Sin is here. It's here to stay until Christ comes back and basically creates the new world. Yeah. So sin is something that we're going to have to deal with. As Christians, as believers, we can't set back and idly watch as our world goes through this. We have to make that stand. And, you know... Then comes the question of how. How do we make this stand? Every time I stand up, I get knocked down. Every time I try to say something, I get berated. Oh, I was going to uh, mm -hmm. go ahead. Oh, no. I was... All right. Well, uh, we talked about how sin was defined in the old mm -hmm. and in the new, how it's the same. Well, how exactly was sin approached in the Old Testament? You know, you know starting from the very beginning... In Genesis 3, we, we said that that's the origin of sin, Genesis 3, mm -hmm. with the fall of man. We see God removed a portion of the blessing. You know, you know, whenever he, whenever he came to man and he was asking, you know, where are you and everything, and then he addressed it, and then he saw, you know, he saw the sin, he saw it for its ugliness. Mm -hmm. You know, he removed a portion of the blessing and increased man's burden in mm -hmm. its place. Mm -hmm. I mean... Women, you, a pain at childbirth. Men, you got to work, work by the sweat of your brow. Mm -hmm. And then we see, you know, what's so amazing to me is this whole, you know, Adam and Eve, this whole time, they were before the presence of God, you know, all the time. And as part of their punishment as well, they were removed from God's presence and they lost a visible glory. And we see evidence of that glory in Exodus 34 when Moses, when he was in the presence of God, he, his face shone. Mm -hmm. So... Increased burden, removed from his presence, and also we see that death entered the world. I mean, yeah. they, they hadn't died. No, there was no death before. And, and there, the reality of it, there was no pain. Yeah. There was no suffering. There no, was no anxiety, no, no death. There was no fear. It was a perfect utopia. Yeah. It was, I mean, the human mind cannot comprehend uh, how perfect it was. Because to us, death is a reality. Death is its an inevitability. It's going to happen. Pain. Pain happens. Suffering. Suffering happens. Yeah. Sickness. Disease. All these different things that are in the world 
are products of sin. You know, I think it's funny. Uh, whenever you talk to someone, or you know, the average person or whatever, them and when they'll attribute something to their nature. They'll say like, "Well, you know, that's part of human nature. Mm -hmm. You know, this weakness that's part of human nature." But all of these things that we attribute to human nature, a lot, you know, most of them bad. Mm -hmm. They weren't part of our nature in the beginning. No. We attribute them now because we're, you know, we're so wrapped up in them, and that's just what we know. Mm -hmm. But actually, death was not part of human nature, and sin was not either. No. And that's uh, because, and as we mentioned, the more you get saturated in the stuff, the more it becomes an acceptable part of you. Exactly. When, uh, when talking about Christ or the Bible or anything with with a non-believer, sometimes there's a tension there. That is ultimately the sin nature fighting against the Holy Spirit, fighting against against God. Sin cannot exist in the same place as God. God cannot look upon sin. To look upon it, I mean, and that's that's why he separated himself. He's like, I, I cannot look at him. I can't be I mean, around him. I mean, it's against his holy nature. It's uh -huh. against who he is. And in the, old, in the Old Testament, we see that the law has been put into place. Mm -hmm. And so, how did God handle sin, or how did he deal with it with the Jew? And with the unbeliever, well, with the Jew, we see three things. We see, uh, at least three things. We see the rod, or I will designate these: the rod, the chain, and the sword. Well, one thing I do want to note: the very first sin actually had a cost attached to it. Yeah. Um, the clothes that God made for them mm -hmm. were made from animals. Yeah, blood had to be spilled. A price had to be paid for that mm -hmm. sin. And that's something a lot of times that we overlook is man was given uh, dominion over everything and ultimately because we sin because man sinned there had to be a cost there had to be a price paid and that's you know nothing in the world is free and that's quite a factual statement when sin enter in prices had to be paid mm -hmm. Here's a couple of verses uh, in this section you can look up, and I suggest that you do, and they kind of back up what we're saying here. Mm -hmm. So, the rod. How were the Jews punished? They were punished with the rod. We see that with uh, things like famine, 2 Samuel 21, 1-14, plagues. Mm -hmm. Yes, the Jews actually had plagues as well, as 2 Samuel 24, 15. Uh, remember, David sinned. Mm -hmm. And that had to be dealt with. God, even though he was God's chosen one, a man after God's own heart, man after God's own heart, he was punished for his sin. He was punished for the sin that he had with Bathsheba. But Brian, why would somebody after God's own heart be punished? I mean, why? I mean, he's he's a man as well. I mean. Mm -hmm. He sinned. David had pride. Mm -hmm. David lusted after another woman. He had a man killed for his wife. Mm -hmm. Starting to sound less like a man after God's own heart, but yeah. he still was. He still was. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, God punished him for it. Yeah. And that's uh, that's something that you have to understand about, you know, yeah, the punishment seemed harsh. It seemed horrible. But even as a parent punishes a child for doing something wrong, with sin... That's something wrong. There has to be a punishment for that. And yeah, we may look at it as unfair, but the truth is, Christ is the ultimate authority. He mm -hmm. is the judge and the jury. He makes those choices. And that was ultimately the decision that was made. Mm -hmm. 
We also see things like an atonement being paid for sin. Exodus 30, 11 through 16, you'll see that. So the chain. God oftentimes, I mean, throughout the book of Judges, when the Jews would fall away from him, they would they would lust after gods uh, other than you know other than God. They would yeah. have idols and stuff. They would do all these other things. They would go into captivity by one of the cultures that was surrounded them. We also see them wandering in the desert, uh, Numbers thirty two thirteen, because you know they refused to follow God. They did not follow His laws, and mm-hmm. so they were punished for it. And one thing uh, to note, you know, a lot of people point out, well, God was a horrible God because he made the Jews go in and kill everybody. He was very wicked and horrible. I mean, you pointed it out that the people that were around the Jewish nation ultimately led them into temptation, Mm -hmm. led them into sin, and pulled them away from God. Well, they chose to follow them, and God knew that, and that was God's intention is... If you leave this group of people, well, they have their own group of gods. Mm -hmm. And over time, if the sin is not addressed, then the sin will grow. And it will become something bigger and something bigger. It didn't happen overnight. Um, But then you start seeing Asherah poles come up. Uh, Altars to Baal. Things like that. And the children of God. Temple prostitution. Yeah. Infant sacrifice. You you see all these different things popping up, and it's been there and developed so long that oh well that's that's normal that's that's just the way it is, but it it isn't the way that it is. You know, sin grows. It's not something that just stays small unless you constantly address it. Yeah, and and sin doesn't always come in like well I'm gonna replace God. Mm-hmm. No, sin sometimes goes in and says, hey, I can be kind of a supplement, you know, mm-hmm. just off to the side. You can still follow God, but just include me in it. Yeah, you know, it's not a big deal. Yeah. I'm just, just a little thing. This is all you're doing, you know. You're just, you're worshiping a stick. You're, you're looking to the stick. The stick is good. The stick is great. That's awesome. Okay, look, we've got the stick. Well, now the next generation comes along. You know, I like the stick idea, but you know what? If you build this over here, this could hook us up with some really good stuff. You still have the stick, you still have that, you still have God. Okay, we're good. And it just keeps growing. And I know that sounds kind of funny. And it's, but it's actually but what it's, took place. It's, yeah, it's exactly what took place. And the Bible tells us God is a jealous God. He does not want to be kicked to the back burner. Yeah. And you see that every time that the children of Israel went away from God, things started getting bad. Mm-hmm. Plagues, punishment. All these things came about, but when they turned back to God and started worshiping God, they found freedom, they found hope, they found peace. They found they, fulfillment, they, really. Yeah, they found true fulfillment in God. Okay, so we, we see the rod, we see the chain. Also, there's the sword, which may seem harsh, but you've got to understand what took place. Mm-hmm. So, in the form of sword, we see examples like Numbers 16, 1... Uh, uh, Numbers chapter 16 verses 1 through 50 where God destroyed Korah and all those who followed him you know Korah rebelled rejecting Aaron mm-hmm. as priest he rejected in, in, in a sense rejecting God mm-hmm. so he was punished he was destroyed for it well it, it goes to show you you know what's the best way to deal with a snake do you cut off its tail do you cut off its middle and cut off the no, head. you cut off the head and yeah when it's 
when you look at a human life, human life is valuable. But when you go against God, if the best way to stop it is for your life to end, then God has that right. Yeah. And God will act on that. And just with like with Korah, there are people in the New Testament that went against God. And it God puts laws in place. And He is a just God. If He says, mm -hmm. if you do this, you will die. Mm -hmm. Then if you do it, you already knew the punishment. And he always told them before he was going to do it. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, before he gave the law, he told the Jews, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. He laid down, mm -hmm. he took responsibility, and he said, this is what's going to happen. And he even told them you know, stuff like, let's reason together. He gave them chances, mm -hmm. and yet they went against him. Yeah, so many people want to paint God when it comes to, well, God allowed sin into the world. And now he's going to punish us? for something he obviously didn't tell us about that he threw at us? No. Even from day one, he said, you can eat of any tree in the garden but the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you do, you will die. Yeah. And I mean, God is also long-suffering and patient when he does stuff. I mean, look through it in the book of Judges and see how long God endures the sin mm -hmm. of, the, of the Jewish nation throughout there. He could have destroyed them, and yet he endured years and years of their sins. Mm -hmm. He would punish them. He would save them. He would punish them again. But he endured it all that time. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing about God is his love, his compassion, mm -hmm. his grace, his mercy. We've talked about these in other podcasts so we won't go into too much detail, but the fact is, yes, sin is here. Sin is evil. Sin is horrible. But God is forgiving. Yeah. God is love. Looking to God will reveal a lot of things to you. And, and, and sometimes it can, it can be kind of uh, overwhelming. Yeah. But know that God's love, His grace, His mercy is far more than what... At whatever sin that you're living in, yeah. whatever that may be. Yeah. So we saw how he handled the Jew. Mm -hmm. Let's look at the non-Jew for a second. It can be under the same set of categories here with the rod uh, example plagues in Egypt. Mm -hmm. Exodus seven, uh, excuse me, Exodus chapter seven through chapter twelve. You know the chain, an example, slavery. Leviticus twenty five forty four. The Jews were told that they were they were there were certain people that they were allowed to take slaves from in uh, the Promised Land, mm -hmm. and people look at that and they go, "Whoa, whoa, slavery, bad God!" But the reality of it is, these people were being punished for what they did. I mean, mm -hmm. in the land of Canaan, there were. It, it isn't just that they were worshiping other idols, which they were, which is wrong. Mm -hmm. I don't care what you say, but. There was also in like for instance how they worship you know Baal and the various Baals infant sacrifices they sacrificed their firstborn sons to nothing to a fake god God does not approve of in, of any sacrifice of a human being there is also uh, other practices that they did I mean they conquered each other they fought each other I mean there's lots of stuff that they did that went on in the promised land that was wrong yeah. And we can read in Genesis whenever God is telling Abraham that he's going to give his descendants this land. He gave them all that time. He said, whoa, I'm not going to give you this land yet because the sin of the Canaanites has not come into full fruition. Mm -hmm. He gave them from when he told Abraham 
all the way up until when the Jews were going to conquer. All that time to change, and they never did. And there was also guidelines of how you had to treat a slave. Yes. It wasn't just like, okay, do whatever. There were guidelines. There were rules that had to be followed when it came to sense. Plus, what would have been the alternative to that slavery? Death. Well, exactly. And the thing about it is, don't think of like, don't think of it as slavery as if one of the other Canaanite tribes had you as a slave. Mm -hmm. Look at it this way: you've got a righteous nation under a righteous God giving them the law that protects you and everything. So you're under the umbrella of that in that whole culture, and in a sense. You're able to follow that culture, the laws, and everything God is giving them. Mm -hmm. So, in a sense, there is a way for you mm -hmm. to live your life. So, we have the rod, we have the chain, also the sword, and that can see, be seen throughout the book of Joshua when, the, when God uses Israel to punish the unbelievers mm -hmm. in that land. Yeah. Now, it may be seen that, well, God was harsher to the Jew, actually, than he was to the Canaanite, but you've got to understand, as Scripture says, too much has been given, much will be expect, expected. Right. And Israel had God. Mm -hmm. They had the law. And so they were held to a higher level of responsibility than everyone else. Well, it's, it's like, if you know something is wrong, and you do it anyway, there's a harsher punishment than if you do something wrong without knowing. They knew what was right, and they knew what was wrong. Mm -hmm. Whereas the Canaanite, eh, they were just living their life. Yeah. Now, we can see that in, in today's life, not putting a level on sin, but a first-time offender usually doesn't get as harsh of a punishment as a repeat offender, someone mm -hmm. who's, who does it over and over, and it also depends on what it is. So, you know, when you look at it, yeah, God was much harsher on the Jewish Jewish nation than on the Gentile, but... You know, look at it this way. Would your parents be more strict on you or your friend that comes over? It's the exact same thing. Yeah. In reference to, uh, you know, man between each other, we can see that sin was handled among people in a relatively uh, an eye-for-an-eye -eye manner. Mm -hmm. And that actually is mentioned in Scripture. So what about... What about sin as it is approached in the New Testament? Mm -hmm. We see two uh, two ways in which it is approached with Jesus. Jesus with the the you know the average person, the commoner, mm -hmm. and Jesus with the religious leaders. Yeah. What, what what would you say on Jesus with the commoners, Greg? Well, the thing about Jesus with the commoners, when Jesus approached them, he spoke more in their language. He addressed them in ways that they would understand. Whereas with the the Pharisees, they had the law, they had the knowledge, so. The same, uh, in a lot of ways, the same rules applied as from the previous in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. It's just changed a little bit. It went from those who don't know God to more the commoner. They had kind of a general idea, but unless they went through the Pharisees or the Sadducees or the, the, the rulers of the temple, they didn't really have all that information. So when it comes to when it came to Christ, he addressed it. He pointed it out and showed them. And then, when it came to the uh, the Pharisees, he held them in a much higher standard. He was a lot more strict. He had less patience 
for them. He still had patience, but he had, I, I guess I would more say, less tolerance for them because they knew. They had the information, yet they chose to use it in a restrictive way. Yeah. I mean, <coughs> I mean, yeah, they, they, they had the law and everything, but also, I mean, yeah, I can see that less toleration that he had for them because... Not only did they have the law, not only did they know it and they and they supposedly practice it to an extent, mm -hmm. but also they added more burden on the average person. They added more to the law than needed to be there. Yeah, uh, you know, Scripture tells us uh, when he was when Christ was talking, when uh, with the uh, with the I believe it was the Pharisees, yeah. he said, you know, you strain at a gnat. Yet you swallow a camel. Exactly. You'll you'll jump somebody for the smallest, tiniest offense, but you'll allow this person over here to get away with a much bigger offense simply because you like them more, or they're doing more for the temple, or you know, it it was completely unbalanced. Yeah, I mean, and they weren't they weren't making disciples or anything in reference to those going to the kingdom of heaven making them you know brothers of heaven or whatever they were making apostates mm -hmm. and that's not what we were called to do that's not what the law was there intended for it was intended to make disciples and that's something that you can see in today's church a lot of times it comes down to rules regulations and guidelines not so much discipleship not so much training up the next group to lead the charge, to lead the fight. We're as a as a as a nation, we we're starting to kind of back away from things that we should be going full forward with. Well, exactly, we're we're becoming laxed on sin. Mm -hmm. We're becoming not very compassionate. Mm -hmm. We're just we would rather be friends and 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 not worry about all this messy stuff you know and hold the hands and you know oh that's okay come on in I'll give you a hug here's a cookie a little sugar water there you go it's okay it's okay and you know sins never addressed as, as we've covered in this podcast sin is a horrible nasty thing and yeah it hurts when it gets brought up you know um, as far as our time goes, we're running very short on time, so uh, in our next podcast, we'll actually cover how Christ addressed sin, how he uh, interacted with people that were living in sin. Yeah. Be and I was going to say, also we'll cover more poor reactions to sin and how we should properly react to it, just as Christ did. Mm -hmm. And then later on, uh, maybe not that podcast, maybe that podcast, we'll see how our time goes, but we'll start to move into the contemporary hot-button issues that we have nowadays. Mm -hmm. So, uh, as always, we appreciate you guys tuning in. If you would, uh, join with us in prayer. Dear Most Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord God, uh, we just we come to you right now lifting you up, Lord. I pray that our words would go out and would anoint the hearts and minds and ears of those who have heard it, Lord. I pray that your Holy Spirit would do the conviction, Lord. We just speak what you lay on our hearts and you do you do the work, Lord. It's, it's all in your hands. If there's anybody that's uh, sick or hurting, Lord, or confused or what have you, God, I just pray comfort, protection, and healing upon them, God. I pray that you would help us to walk as you would have us to walk, to reveal to us what you would have us to see, God. Again, I say thank you so much for the opportunity to speak what's uh, what you've laid on our hearts, Lord. 
help bring us back here safely next week, Lord, and uh, continue to help this community to grow in spirit, strengthen you. In your holy, precious name we pray. Amen. Well, as always, there's many, many, many different ways to get in touch with us. Uh, through our website, you can find our Google+, our Facebook, our Twitter account, uh, upcoming information, interesting little things like that. And we're also going through some website changes, so you'll see them pretty soon. It's at www.stillripples.org. We also have a phone number in which you can reach us at. It's one eight one six nine Ripple. That's R I P P L E. You can, you know, give us ideas, thoughts. Comments, concerns, suggest uh, a podcast, prayer requests, send a question, any little thing like that. Uh, it's always there. It's yeah. always available 24 hours a day. Um, with that, we appreciate you guys as always. Uh, look forward to seeing you in the next podcast. God bless. <laughs>